Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. And that's my favorite, from my favorite album by Elton John. The very, it wasn't the first one, it was the second one. Called Tumbleweed Connection. And uh, very inventive use of guitars and uh, everything else. Plus, it seemed like he... Had a little more to prove back then, and uh, his songwriting was more imaginative in, in some ways. Yeah, it, it's kind of a throwback to um, some Old West scenery, yeah. if you will. And I mean, it's, and I'm into all, all the Old West and the gunfighters and things like that, and that's what he was kind of going after. He was. His album. And he, he, he got it done. It, it, it did a, he did a good job with it. So I think the album came out in 70 or 71 called Tumbleweed Connection. So we got several stories here today, but first let me read from uh, my psalm. Psalm 35. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear, and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind, and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause they have hid from me a net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him unawares, and let his net that he hid, that he hath hid, catch himself under that very destruction. Let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which deliverest the poor from him that is too strong for him, yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him. False witnesses rise up against me. They laid my charge 
to that which I knew not. They rewarded me for evil, evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily uh, as one that mourneth for his mother. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers and feasts they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long wilt thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. I will give thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. That is uh, Psalm 35. So we got several stories. One thing which is interesting, uh, just a little side note, Brazil's new leader eases gun restrictions in a bid to combat violence. So here in the U.S., we would like to take away guns from everybody. He's making it easier for people to buy them to defend themselves. Brazil's new president, Jair Bolsonaro, signed a decree Tuesday to loosen the country's strict gun laws, vowing to make it easier for civilians to defend themselves in what has become the world's most murderous nation. It is the first major policy move by the two-week-old government, Mr. Bolsonaro said. Brazilians living in rural areas or regions with high homicide rates, as well as store owners and other business owners, will automatically qualify to buy a gun to keep on their property. He specified high homicide rates as more than 10 murders per 10,000 inhabitants, a rate that applied to every Brazilian state in the last government study in 2016. Previously, it was up to the federal police under the watch of government officials to evaluate applications, rules that critics said made it difficult to acquire firearms during the country's previous left-wing administrations. Upstanding citizens can now be at peace in their own homes, Mr. Bolsonaro said Tuesday. So this is really interesting because it's a complete reversal of the policies that, that we've been trying to run in this country. Uh, to keep guns out of people's hands, make them more uh, susceptible to being preyed upon. So the Brazilian president is actually saying, hey, let's, uh, let's help these people. I think it's uh, interesting, and uh, we'll see where it, what it leads to. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Better fences. A barrier. A wall. A wall. Fencing. Barrier. Fence. A wall. Slap fence. Whatever it's called. This is where you call in. Build a wall. Get the wall built. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution, like an annuity, to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long-term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree show. So, that's more of Elton John. That's a great song. I could listen to that whole thing. But Bo's not going to let me. There it is. I mean. Yeah. I'm just going by what we usually do, but if you want to listen to that right, whole thing, let's go for it. Turn it down. <laughs> I think it'd be a better show if we just sat there and listened to music. Cohen hired IT firm to rig early CNBC drudge polls to favor Trump. So they're saying now that Anthony Cohen uh, or Michael Cohen uh, actually worked to rig these polls to favor Trump. In early 2015, a man who runs a small technology firm showed up at Trump Tower to collect $50,000 for having helped Michael Cohen then Donald Trump's personal lawyer to try to rig out online polls in his boss's favor before the presidential campaign. In his Trump organization office, Mr. Cohen surprised the man by giving him a, both a blue Walmart bag containing between twelve dollars and $13,000 in cash and randomly a boxing glove that Mr. Cohen said had been worn by a Brazilian mixed martial arts fighter, Mr. Gauger said. Mr. Cohen disputed that he handed over a bag of cash. All monies paid to to Gallagher uh, were by check, he said, offering no further comment on his ties to the consultant. Mr. Gallagher owns Red Finch Solutions and is chief information officer at Liberty University in Virginia, where Jerry Falwell Jr., an evangelical leader and fervent Trump supporter, is president. Mr. Gauger said he never got the rest of what he claimed was owed. But Cohen, in early 2017, asked for and received a $50,000 reimbursement from Trump and his company for the work by Redfinch. According to a government document and person familiar with the matter, the reimbursement made on the sole basis of a handwritten note from Mr. Cohen and paid largely out of Mr. Trump's personal account demonstrates the level of trust the lawyer once had within the Trump organization whose officials arranged the payment. Trump organization declined to comment. After this article was published Thursday morning, Mr. Cohen said in a tweet that he attempted to have the polls rigged with Mr. Trump's knowledge. What I did was at the direction of and the, for the sole benefit of Mr. Trump, Cohen wrote. I truly regret my blind loyalty to a man who doesn't deserve it. Rudy Giuliani, a lawyer for Mr. Trump, said of Cohen's treat, my personal response will be a cleaned-up version of BS, but he spilled out the word there. Why would anyone believe Michael Cohen at this point is an amazement to me, Giuliani said in an interview. This is not true. The president did not know about this if it happened. The real takeaway from your story is, didn't he steal $37,000? The reimbursement was mentioned by federal prosecutors when they charged Mr. Cohen in August with eight felonies, including a campaign finance violation for arranging hush money payments to an adult film star and Playboy model who had alleged Mr. Trump had extramarital sexual encounters with them. So... There's that. Whether that uh, sticks or not, I don't know. But uh, it is something that uh, is out there. And uh, Cohen has already been indicted of felonies. He's going to spend time in prison. So, and he, he, he was gotten for lying to uh, Congress uh, or lying to a prosecutor, which uh, is going to get him some time. I happen to think that uh, Trump didn't know about it because I can't see him having been that worried about what his poll numbers were. Um. 
it just doesn't strike me that he sits around looking at polls that much. Maybe he does. I don't know. But it uh, doesn't seem like it to me. How wealthy Americans like Jack Benny avoided paying a 70% tax rate. Um, this uh, new uh, woman that the Democrats have out there, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, has been calling for a, up to a 70% tax rate. Let's, we don't even need to talk about the fact that when, when part of your income is taxed at 70%, you lose the desire to earn. You know, it doesn't mention how much is required from people to earn that kind of money and what kind of effort they have to give if they're going to make big earnings. She wants to tax it, the upper part of it, at 70%. It takes away the will to earn, the will and the desire to make money because the government takes so much of what you earn. And, and nobody talks about the fact that when we had a 70% tax rate, we had a decline in the economy. We're st stuck in stagnation for years. Uh, it was just uh, a terrible situation because people simply didn't have the incentive to do well. And uh, all of these liberal uh, ideas of these high forms of taxation, they aren't about funding anything that the government is going to do. They're all about taking away the impetus. They're, they're about sapping the creative class. If you're going to earn $10 million a year through your efforts, um, my guess is that there's got to be a certain amount of desire on your part to do that and to have that money and then to use it productively. And if the government's going to take 70% of it away from you, you're going to lose your desire to produce it. And this is something that's never discussed when they float these tax plans out there. They don't talk about the fact that uh, to earn at that kind of level requires a superhuman effort from the people who do it in many cases. And to tax and take 70% of it away is a discouragement to those who are the high earners. And they're going to want to simply say, it's not interesting to me to try to make that kind of money at this point because I don't get to keep it. And People who are highly productive typically, typically find highly productive uses for their earnings. They can figure out where to put the money to do the best they can with it. Taking it away and using it on some government program is a less productive use, I promise you. There is no, the government's not going to automatically come up with some sort of productive way to use your money. It's going to be, it's going to be frittered away in ways that, uh, that don't, uh, don't benefit anybody. So, uh, when, Wealthy Americans like Jack Benny, uh, according to this article, avoided a 70% tax hike. Yeah, but how did the fact that they had to go to all these lengths to do it, plus the government has taken away most of the uh, tax shelters nowadays. So if it was a 70% tax rate today, uh, you would pay the full 70% because you don't have the tax shelters you used to have. So we'll read more about this when we come back. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show.
It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Hey America, the cannabis industry is on the rise. There's an easy way to learn more about the cannabis industry. Just go and visit hightimes.com. That's hightimes.com. Shopping for vape supplies at 723 Vapor is convenient, but can they solve all your problems? Will 723 Vapor stop your dog from doing that weird butt scratch thing on the carpet? <laughs> no. Explain away your latest rash. Oh my God, no. Wait, wait, wait. No! <laughs> Definitely not. But they can get you the best deals on e-liquids, hardware, and vape accessories. Start racking up rewards and discounts with the 723 Vapor Loyalty Program. Stop by any of our four Lexington locations for 10% off e-liquids. Join Mark Patrick Hypnosis and lose weight or stop smoking for only $49.99 guaranteed. Thursday the 24th at the Best Western Hotel in Richmond and Saturday the 26th at the Ramada Hotel and Conference Center by Wyndham in Lexington. Go to MarkPatrickSeminars.com for more info. You know, for visiting teams, the trip to the home court of the Big Blue usually ends in disaster but for every disaster that happens off the quarter field call the fire water cleanup and restoration specialist at 1-800-SERVE-PRO that's where you'll find the team that's faster to any size disaster thanks to 27 locations across kentucky so when fire water threatens your home or business call on the big green vans it's 1-800-SERVE-PRO that's s-e-r-v-p-r-o or servepro.com go big blue storm impacting the region over the next few days. Heavy rain today may cause some local high water issues. Your temperatures reach 50 and then drop through the 20s into the teens. Late this evening into the overnight rain will change to snow. We'll see a period of moderate to heavy snow that will put accumulations down and it will also create slick travel conditions. Roads will likely become slick and hazardous overnight into early on Sunday. Wind chill, by the way, near zero. First thing on Sunday, the flurries left over a high only around 20. I'm WKYT Chief Mirage's Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Paid non attorney folks paid for by the Sentinel Group. Consult your doctor before continuing any medication. Have you or a loved one taken Valsartan blood pressure medication and been diagnosed with liver damage or cancer of the liver, kidney, lungs, or respiratory tract? You may be entitled to compensation. In July of 2018, after 20 22 other countries had issued their own recall. The FDA announced a Valsartan recall because the drug contains a chemical that poses a potential cancer risk. This risk was caused by a Chinese company that in 2012 changed its manufacturing method in an unsafe manner. If you or a loved one took Valsartan and were diagnosed with liver damage, cancer, or tumors, you need to choose the right legal team that has the experience, support staff, and resources to help you seek the compensation that you deserve. Call the Sentinel Group now at 800-717-0177. Operators are standing by to set up your free case evaluation. There are no fees unless you win your case. Call now, 800-717-0176, 800-717-0176, 800-717-0176. Changes are coming to Kentucky driver's licenses, permits, and personal IDs in early 2019 to enhance security and keep travelers on the move. Cards will arrive in the mail after applying at your local circuit court clerk's office, have a doubled lifespan of eight years, and feature new pricing. All cards will be available in a new voluntary travel ID version, accepted to board U.S. flights and access military bases once federal enforcement begins October 2020. Visit drive.ky.gov to learn more. 630 WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree Show. We got uh, John Short on hold. Welcome, John. Hey, Ray American. You are too. What's going on? Nothing much going on. What time is Trump going to talk today? Is it Trump going to talk uh, today? So it's always say this afternoon. Three o'clock, I think. An hour before our game begins. Yeah. Okie dokie. We're playing Auburn. That's why we're going to be Auburn by 10 biggins. Okay. Good. Now, I know you're playing Elton John, but Elton Britt's much better than Elton John. Elton who? Elton Britt. Ritt. Elton Britt, yeah. Britt, like, like Britt and somebody? Elton Britt, yeah. Brent? No, Britt. B-R-I-T? Yeah. Because he sang a song, because the third second band ever me somewhere. Elton Britt. Yeah. I don't know him. He, he sang that song in 1942. The song is making me somewhere. Yeah, maybe looking back and play a little bit of him. Oh, it's country music. Yeah, yeah. We ought to try. Maybe we can do one of his songs. Yes. I, I wonder if he's still alive. Uh, no, he died in 1972. He did. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from Marshall, Marshall, Arkansas. I yep. didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Died in 1972. His father was okay. James Baker, Elton, B-R-I-T-T. Yep. See if you can look something up in there. All right, we'll try to play the the, the last song in the uh, thing. We'll, we'll play him. Okie dokie. And we need that wall desperately. Oh, yeah. I agree. And that's huh? I agree. Yeah, and that thing that setting percent tax hike, we don't need that. Government should take anything away from people. Yeah, the government takes a lot away as it is. Uh, no, when you mentioned Jack Benny, I thought for a minute talking about the comedian Jack Benny. Yeah, I was. I was talking about how he avoided the seventy percent tax hike. Okay, okay, he's a pretty good comedian. Yeah, he was. He sure was. Well, any other things you want to tell us about? Who are you following the NFL playoffs? No, I'm not. But here's why I'm not following the NFL because we don't have a team in Kentucky. We really don't. That's right. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, but they're they're in, they're in Cincinnati, Ohio. They're not in Lexington, Kentucky. They're very close though, because the Ohio River goes to the edge of uh, the Cincinnati edge, so they're almost in Kentucky. They're fact, they're closer to Kentucky than they are to a lot of places in Cincinnati. Oh, boy. And yeah. they lose pretty much every game they play anyway. Yeah, they do. All right, John. Well, you're a great American. You're a great American. Thank you. Welcome. Bye. All right. So what did these great Americans do to avoid a uh, – To avoid a 70% tax rate. Okay, I got a ta uh, uh, text saying, can can you play the song Trembling Lips? Maybe a Brit song. Elton Brit. I'll look for it. All right. Make no mistake, many top earners during the ta high tax rate era, such as politicians Dwight Eisenhower and Reagan, Ronald Reagan, entertainer Jack Benny, and composer J. Allen Lerner didn't pay the top tax rate. In 1952, for example, when the top rate was 90, 92%, the highest earning 1% of the taxpayers had an average rate of 32%. That was back when they had lots of tax deductions. So, uh, the income tax due on one million of wages in 1952 would have been eighty-seven, eight hundred and seventy thousand. By 1980, when the top tax rate was seventy percent, the average uh, 
rate on the top 1% of earners had dropped to 23%, according to the Tax Policy Center. Since then, it has ranged between 19 and 25%. Top earners avoided high tax rates in many ways. Then as now, a favorite strategy was to have income that qualified as long-term capital gains, which are usually taxed at far lower rates than ordinary income, such as wages. General Dwight Eisenhower also successfully argued that the $635,000 he earned from his 1948 cru memoir, Crusade in Europe, should be treated as a capital gain, saving him as much as $400,000 of tax. Such capital gains treatment isn't available now. See, that's just it. You can't get the same kind of deductions that they used to get. And it just strengthens the IRS, basically, and the, the tax lobby. So I hope Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is not a symbol of what where things are going, but it could be. What drove Jack Bogle to upend investing? For Vanguard's founder, much of life was a near-death experience. Jack Bogle passed away recently. He was the head of Vanguard. He was 89 years old. History will remember Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard Group, as the great democratizer of capitalism, the person who made it possible for just about everyone to afford to buy a stake in stocks and bonds. I will remember him as the most extraordinary combination uh, of stubbornness and flexibility I've ever encountered. Bogle died on January 16th at the age of uh, 89. Let's see. His achievements, creating the first index fund uh, for individual investors, lowering the costs of investing almost to the vanishing point, are all the more remarkable because for him, life itself was a near-death experience. I first met Mr. Bogle in 1993 when as a young, and this is written by Jason Zweig, when as a young mutual fund investor, he was Vanguard's chairman and chief executive. Then in his early 60s, Mr. Bogle already looked as if he had spent decades in hand-to-hand -hand with the combat with the angel of death, as indeed he had. Multiple near-fatal heart attacks had gnarled his hands, creased his saggy face, with wrinkles and yellowed his eyes, but he still crackled with the physical and intellectual energy as well as the obsessive drive he had enabled him to build Vanguard into an investment giant out of nothing. He didn't merely speak. He thundered and formulated in a baritone growl, and unlike anybody else in the financial industry, Mr. Bogle said exactly what he was thinking. Uh, on the record. The way most investment firms treated their clients was shameful. Most mutual funds' annual expenses were larcenous. The attempt to beat the market was a fool's game. Brokers' commissions were like highway robbery. To many of his competitors, Mr. Bogle's criticism sounded so sanctimonious, even hypocritical, that they sneeringly named him St. Jack. Mr. Bogle hasn't always been his own in industry's harshest critic. Like St. Paul, the former persecutor of the first Christians, Mr. Bogle blazed with the zeal of the convert. He knew about high fees and performance chasing firsthand. He had long defended many of the industry practices he eventually derided. In an article he wrote under the pseudonym John B. Armstrong for the Financial Analyst Journal in 1960, Mr. Bogle trashed the idea of an index fund that would buy and hold all the stocks in a market benchmark. The concept was so flawed it would underperform by about 75 basis points actually annually, he estimated. 
Mr. Bogle approvingly quoted a critic saying that the flexibility of these funds makes them undesirable from the average investor. Well, the fact of the matter is that Bogle did uh, pioneer index investing, but index investing became too much of a a thing where so many people follow it now that uh, it doesn't have any uh, real attraction because the indexes make up most of the investments now. So it is a, a thing that... Uh, now, the fact that they charge low expenses, that could be considered a good thing, but what do you get for it? You get something that mimics the market. Looks exactly like the market. And I saw uh, in New York, Jim Grant and Jack Bogle debate each other one time about uh, who's right, uh, indexing and... Um, or somebody who does dynamic management, active management, buying and selling things to the extent that they seem to be uh, have more of a value tilt, and they were talking right past each other. Bogle was on this uh, rant about uh, about. Uh, indexes and and what what uh Jim Grant was saying was that you can't have an index unless you have stocks and bonds that have been chased by people who are doing the research on them that the research drives because an index has no research at all anyway an interesting talk um stay with us you're listening to the tom dupree show it's news radio 630 wlap better fences a barrier a wall a wall fencing barrier fence a wall slap fence whatever it's called this is where you call in build a wall get the wall built news radio 630 wlap Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. During times of market volatility, as we have just experienced, it's easy for investors to panic. Some investors want an easy solution, like an annuity, to manage the ups and downs of the market. Some want to seek the safety of bonds and bond funds. At times like this, it's often wise to examine what the long-term returns of equities have been versus other asset classes. At Dupree Financial Group, we use times of market volatility as an opportunity to purchase securities at lower prices than where they may have recently traded. If you'd like to know how our investment process may help you and your retirement investments, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 to set up an appointment. It may be an eye-opening experience for you in this new year. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree show. Okay, all right. This is John's request for Elton Britt. Elton Britt was born James Elton Baker, June 27, 1913, in Marshall, Arkansas. Britt recorded over 600 sides and 60 albums for RCA and other labels in more than a 30-year span is known for such hit songs as Someday You'll Want Me To, Want Me To Want You, Detour, Chime Bells, Maybe I'll Cry Over You, Pinto Pal, and the million-selling wartime hit, There's a Star-Spangled Banner Waving Somewhere. The recording had sold a million discs by 1944 and was rewarded a gold disc. A singer, band leader, radio and television performer, songwriter, and standard-setting yodeler, he starred in at least two films in the late 1940s and had hit records as late as 1968 with the Jimmy Rogers Blues. He died on June 22, 1972 in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania, five days before his 59th birthday. So that, my friends, is Elton Britt, and thanks to John uh, Short for bringing him to our attention. So for all of you who thought John Short was just randomly making up something, yeah, there's the proof right there. Oh yeah, he he was right on top of it again, mm-hmm. as he typically is. Okay, got a couple more stories here. Uh, Poll shores most Americans favor limits on abortion. For more than a decade, the annual Marist poll on abortion has found that the overwhelming majority of Americans, usually three-quarters of them more, want abortion restricted to, at most, the first three months of pregnancy. Sponsored by the Knights of Columbus, this annual survey has also highlighted the following fact. Using polling questions that measure the labels Americans chose for themselves, such as pro-choice, will not actually reveal what they want in terms of abortion policy. While the majority of those who identify as pro-life can reliably be expected to support restrictions on abortion, so can most of those who identify as pro-choice. In some years, including this one, more Americans may identify as pro-choice than pro-life, but more than six out of ten of those who say they are pro-choice join the three-quarters of all Americans in wanting abortion restricted to the first trimester. So do about six in ten Democrats. So uh, what this is saying is that uh, this year we found that the same holds true of opinions on how the Supreme Court should rule when it visits Roe versus Wade. Recent polls asked that whether Americans want Roe v. Wade upheld or overturned report that Americans support the 19... 73 decision, but when you ask Americans how they think the court should rule on abortion and don't use the role label, everything changes. Almost two-thirds of Americans, 65%, say they want the Supreme Court to revisit Roe versus Wade in a substantial way. This includes 16% of those who want the court to rule that abortion should be illegal about half who say that restrictions should be allowed as determined by each state. Restoring a state-based system would, in fact, overturn Roe, as would a ban on abortion. So nearly two-thirds want the court to rule to allow restrictions that would, in fact, overturn that decision. Fewer than a third want the court to allow unrestricted abortion. But that's still 30% of people who think it's a good thing to be able to terminate life in the womb at any time, uh, right up to delivery, when the baby's fully formed, got uh, stuff going on, and 30% of people think there should be no restriction on it. I think that's the big news right there, that there's that many people who care so little for uh the spout the uh, baby so immorality of the open borders party 
The wall is an immorality between countries, Nancy Pelosi said the other day. The New York Times ran a piece entitled, There is Nothing Wrong with Open Borders. Democrats across the country routinely call for the abolition of ICE and the spread of sanctuary cities. Here and there, Democrats may dissent from the platform of open borders, but it is clear that the ideological core of the party favors it. Top officials at the DNC, such as Keith Ellison, walk around in T-shirts emblazoned with calls for open borders. Out of this absolutism has come Pelosi's recalcitrance during the shutdown. She claims the moral high ground, but for whom? Americans? The party has once again fallen into the hands of San Francisco Democrats who treat invented rights as more pressing than natural ones. They assert out of thin air the unalienable right of a foreigner to claim citizenship as if governments exist not to serve the good of the people who form them, but the abstract rights of those outside of that government. And that's the crazy thing about this and the the corner that the Democrats have backed themselves into is that by selling us or trying to sell us on this idea of open borders and that it's immoral to have a wall, I mean, that's just unbelievable. Especially it's hip- hypocritical for Pelosi to say that because she has said in the past that too many people were getting in and that there should they should be stopped from entering the country illegally. But then she turns around and says, well, having a wall is immoral. And it's simply because of the political breezes blowing in a way that she thinks uh, the party should go. It's it's a shameful thing. And uh, it's crazy. Where is the morality in that? It is simply injustice to one's own citizens dressed up as humanitarianism, a policy as unjust as parents who, in determining the security of their home, give greater considerations to stranger than their own children. The Pelosi-led Democrats sound like Charles Dickens' character, Mrs. Jellybee, who had neglected her own children while fretting over the fate of a tiny tribe in Africa. And that's exactly what it is. Craziness. Stay with us. We got uh, Philip Sexton and Guy Hugelin in the house for hour number two. Stay with us. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. I was amazed that I could start having real life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs> no wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational and a new language like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. One of the most important resolutions you can make this year is to keep your home and family safe. And that's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe is 24-7 home security. No contracts or catches. And PC Mag named Simply Safe both Editor's Choice and Reader's Choice for 2018. Get 10% off at simplysafeusa.com. That's simplysafeusa.com. Get 10% off. Do it now at simplysafeusa.com. iHeartRadio is now your podcast app with over 20,000 of the best podcasts, including iHeartRadio Podcast Awards winners like Podcast of the Year, Slow Burn, Breakout Podcast of the Year, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and Best Crime Podcast, Up and Vanished. Find all the winners and thousands more on iHeartRadio. And coming February 7th, the Ron Burgundy Podcast. Game over. Your music, your stations, your podcasts. Anytime. Anywhere. I Heart Radio. News, 
weather, traffic, and the home of the Kentucky Wildcats. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, Lexington, and iHeartRadio Radio Station. <laughs> 